Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rosie Hour Podcast. And this week, you're in for a treat. We have the amazing Julian of BC Wines and the dynamic duel of Strawberry Wines. Pew, 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 pew. the Rosé Hour Podcast, and I'm joined with the amazing, the fantastic, the most stirring, pour it up, toast it up, sing it up, hook it up, friend, the bartender, with the mostest, with all the coasters and the stirs and the syrups, bartender, babe! You can't tell me I ain't a star after the introduction. Hey! What it do, bartender? Man, what's up with you? What's up with you? Man, I'm excited because... What you excited about? November 7th is approaching. Man, what's that? For all of you who do not know, for all y'all who may not know, November 7th is one of the best days on the planet. Why is that? It is the day of beauty and enlightenment. Oh, my God. The day that Jesus said to the world, let there be light again. Jesus gave a light to the world and said, let her be. And he bestowed upon the world a baby girl named Renee Johnson to Betty and William of Waukegan, Illinois. November 7th. But I know it's going down playing crash. No, that's not what we will ever say. Uh, let's say it's going up it's going on the up weekend. On the weekend. Yes. Club going up on the weekend. Like the song. Hey, hey you know what? Happy birthday, babe. Yay! And also, too, you know what I mean? Um, we're going to do something cool. Yeah, but before something cool, okay. we all got to do something. What's that? V-O-T-E on November 3rd so I can have a good November 7th. Hey, that's factual. That's, <laughs> that's actual a, and factual. That's actual and factual. Yes. <laughs> yes. Go to, go to the poll and vote. So if you vote. have not voted already, would you... Do it. You should vote. Do it. Go do it now. And I'm not saying what? who to vote for, but just... Think about if I want to have a good birthday. Gee, you better ask. <laughs> like, no. If I want to have a good if, if you want Renee to have a good birthday, who would you who would you want right, her to have right, a good birthday for? Right. This is like that, you know, the old black mama looking down, staring at you like, you better do what you're supposed to do. You better, you better be. I'm not going to go tell you to clean right. your room. I, I ain't going to tell you again. 
Go in there and do the right thing. Yeah, go do the right thing. Be like Spike Lee and do the right thing, y'all. Right. Because, like, for real, you know, like, I know people are probably wondering, we haven't done a couple episodes in the last couple weeks. It's been a lot happening. We live here in D.C. Um, you know, we, you know, do stuff with, you know, campaigns and we believe in exercising our civic duty, all that. So... Lots been happening. So people be engaging in your community. Vote, vote, vote. Also, I'm really happy to announce. Yeah, I'm, I'm gloating right now because you know what? This is the season of Scorpios. So pss, stung on you. Um, I just got the formal letter that I am now a board member to the campaign school at Yale. So I want to make sure we elect more women. So this is also a part of my my diabolical plan. I do feel like this is pinky in the brain. Like I am a uh, uh, pinky in this situation. <laughs> Narf. Right, you know what I'm saying? She's definitely the brains. Um, I, I just uh, make sure that um, I kill bugs and take the trash out around here. You also like What's that? do dishes and laundry. I, I do. <laughs> I do who do uh, domesticated uh, tasks as well yeah. around here and um, <laughs> and you serve drinks and he's also Uncle Ben and if you also follow my personal page or his personal page you see uh, Mackenzie who loves her Uncle Ben hey I'm there doing that as well um, <laughs> <laughs> um that we're like, left. We're supposed to be talking about the election. Nah, so talk about it's like you know when you're an entrepreneur, right? It's like you're spoken about like, uh, well, you just do whatever during the day. Like you know, I I try to get up and have a regimented day. So that's what I've been working on. You know, recently just reorganizing myself so I can be more productive. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can get out there knock out more tasks so I can't earn more money and do the right things when I do earn that money to make sure I grow the business in the way that it should be developed okay so you want to make sure that you do this so that we can make sure that we're electing good people yes because this is about the election we're talking about right so and with the election and with business you know I think we come into a point with you know post COVID that we're going to have the emergence of more online businesses. Yes. So, you know, making sure you're voting your interest there. Yes. If you're, you know, in the entrepreneurial world, um, especially if online, you know. Yes, um, yes. Because there's a lot of fintech things that are happening and they're not regulated. And so we want to make sure that you're voting your interest and definitely making sure that you are voting. Vote, 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 vote. Oh, did we mention to go vote if you haven't voted? And make sure your friends vote and your family vote. Man, it's free to do it. Free 99. And especially like with COVID, it's like a, a good time just to get out the house. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. Just get out, kick it, you know? Depending on what community you're in, there might right. be a line. You get to meet some people. They're giving out free food in Look certain places. I, I may do it now. I, I, I mean, shit. like here in D.C., they were giving out some good snacks. Like, I was like, I may just go down there just to, you know. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know charge up your phone, you know, take your iPad or something. Go to get, bring you a power bank or two, you know, make sure that's charged Party up. at the polls, girl. 
right. You know, <laughs> hey, stash you a couple little drinks in a bottle. Right. Or something. You know how to do it. You know, Ooh, or it take in. one of our bottles of strawberry wine uh, from our guest today, right? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I guess you put that together. <laughs> Take some strawberry wine from the strawberry wine company down to the ballot box, would you? Right, yes. Right. Slide that right in there. I'm just That's saying it. because at least in the District of Columbia, it is open carry for wine. <laughs> so you can just do your thing. Yeah. You know, so there's no real excuse why you can't just take one day out of your life to 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 vote. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, pack up your wine, pack up your batteries for your phone. Um and just go. Just go vote. So I need to figure out where Wear your mask. Definitely do that. Please. Oh, and, and and for the District of Columbia, you can vote anywhere. There is no precincts that you... And that's the other thing. You can go to IWillVote.com and you can learn about your state and what requirements there are because in most states, they have laxed them because of COVID. So if anyone in the District of Columbia, you can vote at any precinct. So there's some precincts that we know that are fully filling up up faster in their lines you could go anywhere so like people in georgetown uh you can go to nat stadium if you want to which they have opened up the super center um Dang. and you could walk in at home plate of washington national stadium Dang. to go vote and they're giving out all kinds of stuff to go vote at washington national stadium hey so time off so when you go vote we go in the national stadium to go vote then yeah Let's do I it. High five on that. Let's go hey. vote. Hey, so make a plan. Go vote. Hey, you got to do it. Like, look what's going on. Just stop what you're doing right now and look around you right now. Stop collaborating. Listen, ICE is back on a brand new mission. Something. Right. Grab a hold of me tightly. Uh. You got to do all that stuff. Vanilla ice. Okay, enough of that. But let's talk about Strawberry Wine Company real quick. <laughs> Listen, I got to talk about Strawberry Wine Company real quick because I'm really excited about them. Uh, because they were created in the middle of two a country concert. Right. So it's a man and a woman that are friends and they met each other at a country concert uh, and they combined the passion of love of country music and wine. And they build a community for people who love both of those things. So they they created the W... SWC not to be created, uh, uh, confused with SWV right mm-hmm. and so they pay homage and tribute to the country music's past while also looking forward with a bright and fun outlook for the future their debut of Rosé is made from grace from uh, the Verdot Grand in sunny Clarksburg California it's the perfect Rosé to take with you to your next concert picnic or fun event so they are telling you here the next fun event is for you to go vote. Take some with you. We, we already gave you the whole breakdown of the plan how to do it. I'm just saying. We, I mean, just <laughs> go to five out oh, So time out. I'm going to go ahead and break it down one more time real quick. First, go to five and below. Get you some charges and get you some power banks. Two, go home. Charge all your stuff up iPad, phone, power banks, etc. Three, go get you some wine. Strawberry Wine Company. Strawberry Wine Company. Go ahead and get that. Get about three, four bottles. You know, you, you women got the big purses. Stash that in there. You know, when you hit the poles, you put then you pull out your solo cups out, out, out the out the purse. So boom, now you got you. 
your drinks, you got your entertainment, and you can wait in the line for voting. And you could also listen to the Rosie Hour podcast while you're in line. Hey. <laughs> See, but you got all you got all the power devices now, so you can be able to make sure you listen to all what episode we on now. So this is episode number 38. 38. So that's a lot of damn. We hey man. Hey, shout out to you, man. You've been putting in a lot of work, man. You know, just seeing this thing started from an idea to now, it's a great thing. Yes, yes. It's a great thing. And, you know, again, shout out to you for everything you've done, what you've accomplished. This is amazing. And I'm looking to see what we're going to do in uh, season two. Yay, season two coming new. Yeah, we got some programming. It's going to be dope. But I know we got some dope people to talk to. So let me get Yes, Julian. And he's in Canada. And he's our first guest today with BC Wine Trends. And he's a blogger. So we're going to jump into our first interview with Julian of BC Wine Trends. British Columbia Wines. Eh? (laughs) Let's do it. Hey there, friends. It's me, Renee Johnson, here at the Rosé Hour Podcast. And today, you guys, this is one of the most amazing gurus here on Instagram and also in the blogging space. He has so many amazing tidbits and information. He's informative. He's innovative. He's exciting and amazing. The most (coughs) debonair gentleman on Instagram, Julian Park of BC Wine Trends. Yay! Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much for the intro. That that's going to be really tough to live up to. I mean, uh, you do though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just a little background on me. If you if you're having challenges with the accent, I was I was born down under in Melbourne. Uh, kind of came to Canada 20 years later. Uh, uh, worked in the industrial automation industry for a number of years. Uh, Ended up, of all places, Phoenix, Arizona for about 15 years. And um, when I retired from the automation industry, I, I said, you know, what do I want to do when I retire? And, you know, wine is great. Wine has always mm-hmm. interested me so much. So um, we moved back to Canada to a little town called Kelowna in the middle of the wine country, British Columbia. Um, a little town, uh, like I said, it's about probably 150,000 people, but... The good news is it's within a one to two hour drive of roughly 200 wineries, which are wow. really great wineries to get to. Um, you know, you really get uh, a chance to talk to all the individual winemakers there. Uh, very informal kind of environment. So that was really great. So uh, about five years ago now, um, I kicked off BC Wine Trends as a wine blog. Uh, it just talks predominantly about uh BC wines, and when I've been traveling, I also maybe blog about some of the other, you know, wine regions that I've gone to. Um, when I go back to Australia, as an example, I've, you know, talked about some of the wine wineries back there, what they're working on, etc. So, hopefully, that gives you a little bit of a background on on where I'm coming from. Um, I traveled a lot in Australia to all the wine areas there: Margaret River, Hunter Hunter Valley, Barossa. Uh, was fortunate enough to go to Europe, spend a little time in in Tuscany and also Spain, Roa, and uh, 
U.S., of course. It's been great to me when I lived in Phoenix. It was so easy to get to California. We we love Santa Barbara. Obviously got to Napa, Sonoma, up into Oregon, up into Pinot Noir country in Oregon. Also up in Washington State. Uh, love the, the Cabernets and, and again, the, the, the Syrahs that come from Washington State. So that kind of gives you a background of... Uh, you know what? How I feel about wine, and uh, you know what? What? What really got me back into into the blogging about the the local industry? Yeah, and like you know, the BC for those who may not know, I, and I want to make sure I'm saying it right is British Columbia, right? That is correct. Yep. Yeah. So you're in Canada, and like I think a lot of people, especially I, I'm noticing a lot of my listeners are U.S. based, and we're we're starting to actually get a, a, some listenership in in France. Um, Canada has so many vineyards, and it's crazy. Right, and and you know one of the challenges for Americans is to be able to buy the by the British Columbia wines, but there are, um, fortunately now, there are a couple of distributors um, in California that are, you were able to, you know, purchase the wines through them. And obviously, unfortunately, you know, with COVID, there's a bit of a lockdown at the border now, but um, before that, obviously, we had an awful lot of travelers coming up, particularly from Washington State, to, mm-hmm. to go drive through the Okanagan and stop at the wineries and, you know, enjoy enjoy the both the food and the wine when they're up here so um you know i i think the the wine is starting to win international awards it's getting you know a lot more recognized um for being a quality wine than what it was in the past yeah so like what would you describe because you're 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 the gentleman who knows the trends you are with the movers and shakers so how would you describe canada's sort of like wine industry I, the one area we've got here, we basically two uh, two large areas of, of wine growing, you know, relatively. One's in British Columbia and the other one's in the Niagara Valley or Niagara Falls area of Ontario, uh, you know, just north of Niagara Falls, uh, Buffalo, mm-hmm. New York. Um, so those two areas are, uh, you know, starting to win international uh, medals is probably... Around uh, in all of British Columbia, there's about 300 wineries. Ontario's probably got around 200 wineries. So wow. uh, things are going well. Uh, obviously, the the one passion you have is rosé, and, yes. and rosé is doing really, really well. I mean, phenomenal growth in British Columbia. We're seeing like 20, 25 to 30 percent increase in in the amount of rosé. This being, uh, you know, consumed by the local wine drinker in British Columbia. So both uh, rosés and sparkling wines are, are really taking off at the moment. Wow. And I'm not surprised because, you know, we're seeing more people like looking at rosé as to be a drink all year long versus like just the summer months. So that's amazing to see. And, you know, Canada is much colder than here in the U.S., Um and to see and hear more about how, you know, there's a movement for it is so awesome. Um, would you say more so people are into the sparkling rosé, more with the Grenache? Like, what are sort of the, the trends you're seeing with the rosé in Canada? I, I think we're seeing growth in both, uh, both the still rosés and the sparkling rosés. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, of British Columbia, um, Probably the two grapes that are that are doing the best going into rosé is obviously Pinot Noir, you know my my favorite red grape, and also 
Cabernet Franc, a lot of uh, excellent rosés are coming from Cab Franc as well. Uh, my favorite happens to be a, a, a Pinot Noir uh, rosé, but uh, there's also a lot of other uh, other grapes, you know, obviously going into rosé as well. And what, as, as you said, I think we're seeing equal growth in both uh, still rosés. You know, some people prefer a sweeter uh sweeter wine other people like a really dry bone dry wine so both of those segments are growing well as as well as the sparkling wine as well so uh you know uh it's just just fun times uh a lot of wineries that never made a rosé previously are making it now so mm-hmm. uh, just just a fabulous choice uh this probably uh in fact you could even see it on my blog uh you know top top 10 rosés uh there's probably at least 50 rosés that, that could have made the list. And, you know, it was a real challenge trying to whittle it down to 10. So just just a really good time to, if you're a rosé fan, to be in British Columbia. Wow. And that's so exciting to hear that the trend is, you know, international. It's not just a U.S. thing. It's not just a French thing. It's it's worldwide. And, and everyone is enjoying the whole, you know, pink movement, if you will. <laughs> right, right, right. So... I want to ask this because I'm like, I know how I like started loving wine. Where did you like fall in love with like sort of the wine and drinking and and, and sort of like celebration of it all? It's a really long story for me. I'm an old guy and... uh, You're only 22. (laughs) (laughs) Of all all wines, one of the wines I started with was, uh, and it's a rosé wine. Ooh. Kind of, kind of got a bad rap there for a while, and it, it's changed. But uh, it was was a Portuguese wine, Matus, the, the famous, uh, you know, forty years old wine, uh, rosé wine, right? So uh, things have changed a lot. You know, my my preferences. I drank a lot of sweet wine back then. Now, I, as I've got older, I've tended to drink, uh, you know, go more to the driest style wines. So, um, and and I think we're seeing both. I, I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of people, you know, prefer a sweeter wine, which is fine, and and it goes really good with food or just sipping on the patio. Um, uh, I you know, as you mentioned, uh, rosé, you know, all year round now, and it's the same in Canada. Actually, this part where I live is pretty warm. Like today is uh, it's 95 degrees and sunny out there at the moment. Wow. So. Nothing like an ice cold rosé just sitting on the patio looking at the mountains and the lakes and yeah. enjoying wine, right? That's exactly what I think everybody would rather be doing than working. <laughs> working right. from home with no view like that. You have probably right. the best view ever. I'm pretty sure of it. <laughs> so how did... How, did, how would you like tell someone who's interested into getting into the blogging world to start? Because like you are just amazing. And again, you know, we said on the onset of this that you are so informative and just innovative getting information out and teaching. Like how would you tell somebody who, who wants to learn more about like getting into the blogging world of, of wine to start? I, I would suggest you just start looking at, uh, you know, there's so many great wine bloggers out there at the moment, all different kinds of styles. Uh, just start reading their stuff. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if, if you know any uh, any local wine makers or, or people in the wine industry that have a real passion about their product, 
just sit down and talk to them and try to capture that into an article and, you know, go for it and start, uh, you know, writing and, and start publishing your your articles is really the way to do it. Um, I found uh, one great thing about this, this area is uh, the people in the industry and the, the writers are so helpful. I, I had a lot of uh, help from a lot of individual writers, predominantly in the U.S., that, you know, just... Just help me get started. They would. Uh, I can think of uh, someone like Jill Bath, who actually uh, wrote a guest, uh, you know, a guest article on my on my site, which which obviously helped promote the site and get it uh, more widely distributed. So, I think that's a great thing. You'll you'll find uh, a lot of people will, will you know really go out of the way to help you both uh, in the wine industry itself because they're. They're always trying to get their story out, and you know the people who are writing, uh, writing the reviews and the tasting notes, etc. You know will will help you, you know, polish your particular uh, written article that you're trying to release as well. Yeah, and that's so interesting, like how this industry is so just helpful and supportive of people. You don't usually see that. Like um, by nine to five, I'm a lobbyist, and so. I support is not something that is usually seen. So uh, to be in this side of the world and, and more in the enjoyment and entertainment side, if you will, it's so awesome to see the camaraderie that people have. I, I just couldn't agree more. Like I, I said, I worked, I worked in the industrial automation industry for like, you know, 40 years, a very competitive industry. You know, no, no sharing, obviously, of information with your competitors and it's just a 180 when you when you go into the wine industry and see how how helpful people are. Yeah. Uh, one one of the great things you know recently is uh, you know with the COVID thing, we, you know everything was locked down in British Columbia for a long time. Um, you know now uh, things are really back. All the wineries are open. Uh, um, you know patios outside, so the the protocols are followed to be able to do tastings, etc. But just, just the amount of help um, that happened, you know, with colleagues in the industry to make sure that everybody was able to reopen and come back was uh, was just an amazing thing to see in my mind. It was just really, really, uh, you know, a lot of gratitude to see that happen. Yeah, and I just want to say, like, you know, I, I just am so proud of Canada. I'm not a Canadian, although people thought I was from Canada. I'm not sure why. Um you, the way you guys have handled this pandemic has been so just amazing. Um, and I, I don't know anyone's party affiliation, but like, oh, we are having a tough time here in the U.S. So <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. I, I think, you know, we've uh, our health people have done a really good job. But at the same time, I think we've been lucky as well. You know, yeah, we, we were able to see what was happening in Washington State and then, you know, really uh, get on things early and, uh, you know, just, just touch wood. Everything keeps rolling the way it is. We're, we're down to very few cases at the moment. So we can just only hope it just stays that way, right? Yeah, just don't have an Americans come to your country. You're, you guys will be fine. Just keep that <laughs> well, border secure, friend. Keep that border yeah, I think, secure. I think the border will open. You know, I'm sure the... The two governments will get that worked out at the right time. Yeah, yeah. We only get hope because, you know, it's getting really rough here. It's getting rough. No, I understand. <laughs> I, I see the numbers. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. We're still, so like we've been in quarantine here in Washington, D.C., you know, the nation's capital um, since 
early February. So well, that's right. Yeah, so it's been I, it's I been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. <laughs> right, right. Lots of wine, though. I will tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. I mean, one of the good things to be a wine blogger during this time is all the wineries were trying to do everything they could to promote their product. So they were really interested in sending me samples and having tasting notes done and all those kind of things. So uh, that was, uh, uh, you know, one of the positive things coming out of uh, the lockdowns, actually. Wow. Well, hey, I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) So how can people connect with you, Julian, if they wanted to reach out or follow you or read your blog? It's just basically BC Wine Trends. So uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, um, just just put in BC Wine Trends, Google it, and uh, it'll come up there. In fact, if you do it, uh, just to Google on BC Wine Trends, it'll bring up, you know, most of the, the things for you automatically. Wow. See, this is where we need to get with the Rosé Hour. We, we might need to do a collabo. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, you know, to, uh, just let me know when, when your podcast is coming out and I'll see what I can do to help. That's what it's all about. Oh, you're so amazing. Play it, play it forward, man. You know, everything you can do to help someone else, it always comes back for you, right? Amen to that. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, Julian, we could keep talking for hours, but I know we you've alluded to what your favorite rosé was, and I know people are on the edge of their seats to hear it. What is your favorite rosé? Well, actually, it's a, it's a little uh, kind of boutique winery here in British Columbia called Seven Directions. It's a Pinot Noir grape-based uh, 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 dry rosé, uh, it's a beautiful kind of salmon, uh, pale salmon hue to it. When you open the open the bottle and and get the aromas, it's just like uh, walking into an orchard full of orange blossoms. Uh-huh. And then you you kind of linger there for a while, and then you you get a hint of jasmine and rose petals. Uh, as you take a drink of the wine, uh, you get all those beautiful wild strawberry. Uh, watermelon you know flavors and it, it kind of finishes off with a almost a, a hint of bitterness which helps refresh the palate and then uh just has a really smooth long finish it's a, it's a great wine to drink just sipping on the patio or um being from from canada uh, barbecue salmon would be the you know the perfect thing to pair it with ah. so that's uh yeah, I'm, I'm, it's almost food time now. That's what I'm planning to do pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm already prepared. I'm just letting you know what's on my menu. <laughs> <laughs> well, Julian, I am excited to try that. I'm going to have to look them up and definitely try to make a quick order with them to to, to let you know my thoughts, too. My thoughts are going to be probably it's delicious because you said it was. <laughs> There's not a rosé I've met that I haven't liked. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Yeah, yeah. Well, Julian, this has been so much fun. We really appreciate spending some time with you. And we would love to have you back, especially during harvest season, to hear what's going on in Canada. Okay. Awesome. Thank you very much for the opportunity, Renny. I really, really uh, appreciate it. Of course. Thanks, Julian. Cheers. Take care. Thanks, Julian, for teaching us all about Canadian rosé all the way and wines. You know, we got to get up to 
you know, the water up north uh, sometime soon post-COVID. So we can't wait to come visit you guys and our friends to the northern portion of the, uh, I guess you could say the Americas, eh? <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk to our amazing friends at Strawberry Wines. You guys don't want to miss this because they are a dynamic duel, and you got to hear how they met each other because, like, it's serendipity and strawberry licious. <laughs> you like what I did there? <laughs> Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Rose Hour Podcast. And I'm your host, Renee J. Johnson. And today we have like the dynamic duel. I have fangirled over them since I saw them on Instagram. Their wine is amazing. And I was watching some quarantine TV show, binge watching it. And I was sipping on their wine. And oh my God, I finished the bottle before the episode because it was so good. The owner, creators, and winemakers of Strawberry Wines. Yay! Thanks for joining us, Thomas and Kate. <laughs> Thank you for having Hello. us. Yay! So I, I, I just want to get into it because, I, again, like I said, I'm a fan of you guys. You guys do great work. Your branding is amazing. Um, and the name of it is so adorable, Strawberry Wines. And want to just know, like, how did you guys get started in the wine industry? Well, it's kind of a funny story. So Tommy and I have known each other for a couple years now. He is a fabulous, fabulous wine maker in Oxford, and I am so honored that he decided to allow me to make a brand with him. And um, I um, thought of the brand when I was kind of in a country music setting. I was at a concert. And I thought it would be a good idea to make a country music themed wine. And, you know, I called my favorite winemaker the next morning and I said, hey, first off, um, is this crazy? And second off, is this possible? And he was like, basically, let's get started. So. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and so how long did it take for you guys to sort of like really get the wheels going about the wine and sort of like create the plan for, you know, Strawberry Wine Company? As far as the process goes, I mean, we're not even like a full year yet. I kind of just took the vision and Tommy just allowed me to do whatever I wanted to do with it. And... <laughs> um, I trusted his uh, abilities to make some wine, and we just kind of went with it. So it was actually pretty relatively fast, I would say. <laughs> well, that's amazing. And uh, Thomas, so how did you become a winemaker? Oh, boy. I uh, Well, basically, I went to a college out here on the Central Coast of California called Cal Poly, and they offered a wine and viticulture program, which um, I didn't really have too much experience with wine except for working on some vineyards, uh, ironically, in Los Angeles. You wouldn't think so, but uh, uh, my pops had a little uh, landscape business out here that did that. So uh, when I found out they had a winemaking degree, that's that's essentially what I, uh, uh, what's the word? <laughs> <laughs> Applied for. Uh, so... <laughs> 
Yeah, I just kind of fell in love with it because it's, you know, it's very, I didn't realize it's such a passionate, passionate subject. You know, there's so much culture and identity that goes with making wine. That's uh, it's a lot more fun than people, people know. Oh, yeah. So, like, you went to college and got a degree in winemaking. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love your finals, right? <laughs> so, there were some classes where, yeah, you get a little, get a little tipsy there. <laughs> wow. And so, Kate, what's your background? And like, are you like a marketer, brander? Because like, it's amazing. Or, or you're just a visionary? Because I mean, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, oddly enough, I am in the wine industry. Also, that's actually how I met Thomas. But I came into it with a very different. I have a hospitality business management degree uh, from San Diego State. So I went in kind of the hospitality realm knowing that I would kind of be in that industry. I love the industry. I love everything about it. Um, And then after college, I did a lot of traveling and just kind of fell in love with the idea that um, across every single table across the world, there's a beverage of some sort and it tells a story of how and why it got there. Um, so I kind of just fell into the wine industry and, um, I'm in a position, uh, which is called a wine director where, um, I make the buying decisions for a restaurant and wine bar. So that's actually how I thought it was. He came to me trying to sell me on some wine and, uh, <laughs> you know, we were very fast friends and it just kind of sprouted from there. So... Um, and I do work every day in the wine industry as well, just on completely different sides. Wow, that's crazy. It's like manifest destiny. <laughs> you guys were supposed to be in each other's lives. <laughs> she, she has a great palate. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let's talk more about the strawberry wine. Like, how did you guys come up with the taste and all of that? That's all Thomas. <laughs> um,. Okay, so uh, years ago, I got into kind of obscure rosés, and I there were things coming out like rosé of Cabernet and, and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, holy cow, it's not just in. Mm-hmm. So um, I decided to bleed, but which is uh, you take some of the juice from uh, a ferment of a peach dough. And I, it was a few years ago, and um, so that's just, you know, how you... You typically make a rosé, you just kind of bleed out some of the juice, and it tasted amazing the whole time, and it kept going dry on me, and uh, eventually I found a point in the fermentation process where it tasted just perfect, like everything that you read in the back of the bottle of strawberry wine company, and just to finally get that point where I could stop the fermentation and make it just just off dry enough uh, to make it taste so darn good. That's when we came up with this product, and and uh, Kate fell in love with it, and uh, we we made her a rosé. Oh, it's beautiful. I mean, all of all of this is just amazing, and just how. You never know how someone walks into your life can make a great rosé, wine, delicious beverage for you someday. <laughs> yes, yes. And what a good friend to go with my complete branding of just pink everything. Yes, I'm a fan of that. Total fan. Total guy's guy. And he's like, okay, we do pink. <laughs> Real men wear pink. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy finding those, those colors, but we made it <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you say that one more time? I think you were breaking up a little bit. Oh, it's, it was, it was, it's hard sometimes to find pink packaging. Uh, you'd be surprised. You think there'd be tons of it out there, but we we managed to do it. And I was like, uh, you know, Kay was like, well, we, I really like this pink one. Well, I'm like, unfortunately, we only have five shades here that you could choose from. And we just, and then we found a caps, the capsules too, luckily. And and uh, she got her pink vision, so it, it worked out. Oh, yay. Think pink. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and so... Real man drink pink. Right. I love that. <laughs> Such a great slogan. <laughs> so... Right. Rosie all day. <laughs> so are you guys thinking about creating other wines together? Uh, because, I mean, you guys, it's such, such a magical treat here. Like, it's like you can't be one and done. I know you guys got to be doing more, right? <laughs> So we're definitely not one and done. He and I actually had a phone call earlier um, about uh, kind of creating um, a red, hopefully, before the year is out. So probably shouldn't tease it too hard, but you're the first to hear. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to talk about the rosé a little bit more specifically. And like, I know we talked about like, you know, sort of the fermentation and the actual processing, but more specifically, like the notes and how it tastes. Could you describe, so if someone wanted to know specifically, like, what are the notes of this rosé? <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, part of my background is I'm also a sommelier. I am a certified sommelier, which is the second level. So basically what I did is uh, take his product, and uh, I had a few sample bottles, and I just kind of wrote some tasting notes. And I had this idea of, like, kind of putting some tasting notes on the back of the bottle to make it, um, you know, my biggest vision as a sommelier is to, like, make wine approachable and friendly to everyone. Yeah. So I wanted to give it you know, give you some notes that you would taste and hopefully, you know, out of that gauntlet, you'd be able to maybe pick out a couple and start to realize, you know, how you can taste the different things. Because I know when I first started out, if I read somewhere that it was supposed to taste like roses, then I all of a sudden kind of tasted it. So I wanted to make sure that it was kind of like a user-friendly kind of wine too. So, um, yeah. That's kind of how those came about, and I just um, wanted to make them, you know, simple and uh, easy to read. But Thomas's wine is not hard to count. Some delicious notes out of it. Yeah, it is delicious. Like I said, I turned the bottle up. <laughs> it was very tasty. <laughs> so, how did you guys come up with the name Strawberry Wine Company? So, that's part of the kind of tribute to country music is I was sitting in this concert and I was listening to all these songs and how I was blown away how this new generation of music is talking about wine and all, all facets of the, of the music industry. They just, they mention wine and they're so happy about wine instead of a, like this cold beer culture. And I really wanted to create a product that kind of showcased that and um, one of the most famous country songs that mention wine is called Strawberry Wine and in a lot of these songs they're paying tribute to this iconic song like John in 1996 so it's kind of just a play on that to showcase you know um, a little bit of 
you know, music's past with like all the fun things that come forward uh, about country music and wine and how we can have such a great time doing both together. Well, that's amazing because I don't think people think of country music normally and wine. I think maybe like a good bourbon, whiskey. Um, is it right. like um, like trying to create a subculture that's like more appreciative, you know? Um, yeah, I'm changing the narrative. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, so you guys are definitely saying that you're going to come out with a new wine, uh, hopefully by the end of this year. Um, I know COVID has impacted everybody in some sort of way. How has it impacted you guys? Well, I mean, I think Thomas can attest to this. Like, I mean, it shut down. He has a whole, like, wine bar and business in Casa Robles, and it just kind of decimated it, right? Could you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> no worries. Uh, I was just asking, how did COVID impact your business? Oh, COVID. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, we're... Uh, Thankfully, the, the winery is fully operational, but uh, yeah, my uh, my downtown location where I pretty much sell everything is is temporarily closed, and we had some hopes out here that uh, we were going to reopen, and um, well, luckily, I got a patio, so we're trying to make that work. You know, we're just trying to work around these regulations and, uh, you know, whatever the heck the governor tells us to do, but um, the uh, we've seen a lot, got a lot of love online seems like online wine sales are up nationally. It, it, uh, yes. like people are just uh, want to drink more <laughs> while quarantine. And uh, that's the problem with us. It's keeping us going. <laughs> but of course it doesn't. Uh, you know, obviously we miss, you know, all the encounters we have and um, at the parties and we used to have concerts and stuff. So we're, we're trying to figure that out. But uh, it's a struggle, you know, nonetheless. Wow. Well, we wish you both success um, in, in pulling through because um, one thing that I like to just promote is small businesses. Um, I'm an advocate lobbyist here in D.C. And that's like what I do all day from nine to five is like fighting against the PPP stupid rules that keep changing every week. Um, and it's just amazing to see the resilience in so many of you small business owners um, to figure out innovative ways. So I commend you both for everything you guys are doing during these difficult times. Oh, likewise. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Well, I have two quick questions for you before we let you guys go. And the first one is, how can people connect and also purchase wine from you guys? Well, uh, there's the website, thewineboss.net. And I believe that Kate has a discount code she'd like to share. Ooh. Yes, uh, Instagram as well, at Strawberry Wine Company. Yes. Use that code, guys. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, check us out. And uh, we have all sorts of wines on there. And I make a couple other rosés, too, that you can check out. And uh yeah, we uh, we're always in California, and we don't, we have no problem shipping to Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate the shipment to Maryland. Trust and believe, <laughs> and many many other states as well. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah. Um, and we did see that. Um, I know we have one listener, and it's very interesting. Um, you know, having a podcast and people from all over, uh, kind of like inbox us and send us emails. Uh, so they always ask me to specifically start asking this question. 
do you ship to Texas? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. You have to ship to Texas with the name like Strawberry Wine Company. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it. So, Dr. Moore... They ship to Texas. <laughs> well, guys, yes, this, is, this has been so much fun. Um, I, I, I can't leave the show without asking this question, which is to both of you. So you both get to answer it. What is your favorite rosé? Whether type, brand, or or style, if you will. Uh, for me personally, I am a pink bubbles all day, every day, any any day kind of girl. So, um, and if it happens to be champagne and we're being a little bougie, uh, then I enjoy it even more. But that's just my personal. You're after my heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you, Thomas? Oh boy, you know, uh, I. It's hard for me to say to pinpoint a specific one, but I I love variety. I love uh, seeing people taking oh. you know a random varietal and making a rosé out of it. And so if I see that, um, if I see a Malbec rosé, you bet your butt I'm going to buy that over a you know like a rosé of Zin just because I've never seen it before. So I'm a sucker for those obscure ones. Oh, <laughs> well, to all the obscure, you are you are deed and wanted. <laughs> well guys thank you so much for joining us today we really appreciate it uh don't forget to follow them guys oh i'm sorry thank you for having us yeah yeah thank you guys so much and don't forget to follow strawberry wine company on instagram follow the wine boss purchase some strawberry wine co- company rosés uh they're delicious you will not be disappointed again thank you guys so much for spending some time with us Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Wow, great interview, Kate and Thomas. Thank you so much. We learned so much. And your wine is so delicious. So if you have not had strawberry rosé wine, you guys have to try it. It is delicious. Go to their website and order some today. It is actually great for the holidays, uh, especially if you are thinking about something good and delicious for Thanksgiving. Make this part of your dessert table. It'll be great. Trust me on it. Want to thank Julian as well from BC Wine Trends. Want to thank Kate and Thomas again for all of their amazingness. All of our friends here at the Rosie Hour podcast, Bartender Ben, Angeline, Magdalene, and all of you. We want to say thank you guys so much. We would not be here without all of you guys um, because, hey, we're trying to give content that you love and you're our friends and we want to make sure that we highlight our amazing friends doing amazing things so that's why we're here over some of the best rosé wine and liquor and snacks and all the things (laughs) there is because it's quarantine season people don't forget to wash your hands get your shot flu shots to make sure you are doing the best you can to stay healthy out there and not getting covid um Be kind, be courteous. It's a lot happening in the world. So we just want to make sure we reiterate that. 
L. Also, we want to remind people, don't forget to follow us here at the Rosie Hour Podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, you name it, Breaker, you, we are there. So follow us. Go to our YouTube channel, the Rosie Hour Podcast. Check out some of our content and be- behind the scenes of where we go to vineyards and bartender Ben is talking with some awesome people uh, who make awesome wine. So you don't want to miss the behind the scenes there on YouTube and also subscribing to our awesome channels. And don't forget on our our website, we have some merchandise and so go to the rosyhourpodcast.com finally we just want to say again thank you for listening to us this is our 38th episode and we just started this during quarantine so we want to say again thank you all so much uh you couldn't listen to any podcast but you listen to us and we want to say thank you because Hey, we just out here just trying to have a good time, right? So thanks for having a good one with us. We'll see you again next week with two more dope, fresh guests. Cheers!